2: Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v One of those idiots who believe in analytics.
3: Good morning. It is a numbers game here on vsin Happy to be with you. Of course, brought to you by BetMGM. I am Jeff Parles for Gil Alexander. Uh, we'll uh, be talking to Gilly uh, later in the week. Uh, we have a really good show for you this morning. Uh, momentarily from the Cork Attic in Pittsburgh. Todd Wishnev, of course, who you know from the Megapod, will be with us momentarily. Kai McKeon, three-man weave. Get some college basketball plays from Kai later in the hour. Jason Weingarten, of course. Wide World of Weingarten podcast, as always, in his usual 11 a.m. Eastern slot. And then Brady Cannon, we got, we got a lot of golf this week. Uh, you have Pebble Beach, you have the Saudi Arabia Internet the the Saudi uh, International Tournament that a lot of the PGA players are playing in. There's a lot of golf across the world, and of course the regular European Tour as well, getting going tomorrow morning. So we we'll we got a lot to get to through the uh, through the show today, and we'll be uh, we happy to be with you for the next two hours. I, I just want to start quickly here, uh, right out of the gate. Of course, yesterday Tom Brady retiring. As we discussed on the show yesterday, we discussed as as a week ago of of hey we based off the comments that are out there, it sure seems that it's trending towards Tom Brady retiring at the uh, after the after the conference championship round, and as soon as the conference championship round ended, Brady of course retires. And uh, look uh, from the betting perspective, as we mentioned yesterday, it'll be fascinating to see, especially. What happens next with Aaron Rodgers? If Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, how wide open the NFC ends up being in this 2022 campaign moving forward. Also yesterday, of course, the news that came out, uh, Brian Flores uh, filing a lawsuit against the NFL, uh, alleging uh, racism in the hiring process. Uh, Look, I, I am not a lawyer. I did read through the whole thing to uh, to to see what was what was in the case. Uh, I'll have a, a very few thoughts on that as we go through. Uh, the biggest thing from a potential betting perspective was the suit, including uh, the uh, few paragraphs on Stephen Ross offering Brian Flores an extra $100,000 per loss in his first season as Miami Dolphin coach in 2019. Of course, that was the year a tank for Tua. Dolphins went 5-11, and 11, ended up with the fifth pick and Tua tonga Iloa Anyway... The first pick was Joe Burrow that year. Stephen Ross, of course, the owner of the Dolphins. We have Todd Wishnev from the Cork Attic. All right, there we go. Todd, is ready for us here on a Wednesday morning. Todd, a pleasure as always to catch up with you. The attic is looking fine as always.
1: Yes, it's uh, you know we try to keep it in order for you.
3: <laughs> so, Toddy, let, let, let's just look at the Super Bowl matchup here, and we'll go back. Uh, we'll go back to the game Sunday, and then we'll work our way forward with the AFC side the Bengals are through with no offensive line they struggled to block again against Kansas City we're down 18 didn't matter come back and win just this run for the Bengals Todd going up a great up against a great defensive line in the Rams this this run really feels like the sustainability could be running out here against a Ram defensive line that we know is great at rushing the passer
1: well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's pretty much what everyone's going to be, you know, focused on is can the Bengals block? Uh, you know, if you think about that that uh, Chiefs game, there was about three huge plays where Burrow looked like to be sacked and was able to squeak out of there and make a big play either with his feet or with a throw. Uh, any one of those three sacks and the ball game is over, I, I would think. Uh, and so I think you're, you're going to see a very similar situation. If the Rams can get to Burrow, and it could be a real long day for the Bengals on the other side you know, obviously the Rams have been impressive, but they just have a certain sloppiness to their game that scares you with Matt Stafford. And, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's super talented cup is talented, but they drop balls. They throw interceptions. I mean, even that game against San Francisco, they should have won that game going away early first quarter throw an interception in the end zone. Then they get drops in the end zone on, on a bomb. Then they get another big drop. It, it feels like there's just a certain non buttoned up, uh, feel to that team that scares you certainly to, you know, take them as a favorite. So, you know, I'll be in gaming it as usual, but uh, you know, I think the game will come down. You'll be able to tell pretty quickly as are the Rams getting to burrow. And if so, you, you might have to back the Rams, even though you don't want to, I mean, I took the Rams in game against San Francisco, even though I'm scared of their, like I said, their sloppiness.
3: Todd, uh, for, for people that may be landing on the program for the first time, of course, uh, you you uh, you're making about uh, about 90 percent of your bets in game at this point for people that may be new to in game betting. You mentioned in there a little bit. What are things that you're going to be looking for for in gaming this Super Bowl here?
1: I mean, the same things I'm looking for pretty much in any game, you know, obviously the big storyline is going to be, can the Rams, can the Bengals block the Rams? Uh, You know, I'm always looking at statistical stuff like uh, yards per play and stuff like that in the, uh, in the box scores, especially in the first half and in the second quarter a lot, Um, you know, for, for example, if a team, you know, has had three or you know, three drives where they can't move the ball at all. They're averaging one or two yards of play very often taking their team total under is very, very uh, beneficial. As long as the game doesn't get way out of control and the other team goes into prevent, you're going to have a great, you know, bet there. Because if they've demonstrated over three or four series, they cannot get a first down. It's going to be very difficult, especially if you can get them say over 14 and a half points, if there's still enough time left. So for instance, you have a game that maybe was, you know, the team total pregame was, say, 21 and a half or something for a particular team. And that team now is at, say, 16 and a half or, you know, 17 and a half or 14 and a half, something like that, where you still have the ability for them to get two scores and you can still win. That can always be great. Another gr- uh, thing to watch for is, let's say a team is really not moving the ball at all, and they hit one lucky bomb or something like that. The stats are going to get all, you know, tweaked out, and it's going to look like they're actually averaging a normal amount of yards per play. Play, but it's really just one play, so you know that the same things that I'm always looking for, I'll be looking for in this game. And you know, obviously, with the with the narrative the way it is, I mean, it's a pretty obvious narrative. Are the Rams going to be able to get to Burrow? You know,
3: 100%. Todd Wishnev with us right now, and of course, you bring up yards per play. And look, you are right uh, for for being able to watch these games, especially in single window games, in a game like this where the entire world's going to be watching. It's easy to figure out if the box score is lying, lying to you, but sometimes it, during the regular season, it's a little bit more difficult when there's eight games, nine games going on at once to fully pick those out. So uh, just keep that in mind that it's uh, a little bit easier uh, to, see, to uh, find out if the box score is actually lying to you or if it's telling the truth where the, the six yards of play is actually legitimate. Six yards of play. Uh, Todd, you, uh, you're, you're a man who likes talking about coaches here. Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, Sean McVay coached to me as bad of a game as he possibly could have in the second half against the 49ers got away with it. Zach Taylor, I thought called a pretty scared offensive game plan against Kansas city. I know he doesn't trust his offensive line, but they both get away with it. They're both here. Who do you give the coaching advantage to here? Are we still giving McVay the coaching advantage despite the fact that the in-game coaching for McVay, especially during the last two months, has really been all over the place?
1: Yeah, McVeigh really scares me. He really, he just, you know, when they got that first down at the 12-yard line, and you know, me and Gil had talked about that first and goal at the 10. But even if you're at the 12 and you can get a first down at the at the two, it can be very difficult from that spot. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, here here comes the for sure first down run play that goes for a loss of two. And of course, that's exactly what happened. And then they're behind the sticks, and it's almost impossible to get the first down. They're going to end up with 17-14. Uh, now they're lucky they're going against Jimmy G and. Their defense was playing well, but, you know, you leave a minute and 45 against the real good team. Let's say that was Aaron Rodgers or something. Aaron Rodgers is going down the field with a minute and 47. He's at least getting a, a tying field goal. He might even get a touchdown on you. They had two timeouts, the Niners. So, yeah, I I mean, and you can obviously we've all been over countless mistakes that McVay has been making uh, in the playoffs. You know, the, the Bengals coach, I don't really, you know, I'm not a huge fan, but he, he's been He's been pulling the four-leaf clover routine the whole playoffs, and and getting you know somehow somehow you know dancing in between the raindrops, and somehow he's getting there. You have to sort of give him credit for that, and the fact that he knows that his his offensive line is a disaster, and he's uh, somehow finding a way to hang in there.
3: No, and Todd, one hundred percent, and I will say this: in the second half against Kansas City, of course, uh, Ulan. Uh, Rumo, their defensive coordinator, after, look, they couldn't stop Kansas City at all in the first half. The only stop they got was the mess up at the end of the half by Mahomes. In the second half, their defense was spectacular, and we saw that last week as well against Tennessee, really the whole game, where their defense was able to adjust and make plays. So, at least in that scenario, you know there's at least one guy on that Cincinnati staff that knows how to adjust.
1: Yeah, a great defensive adjustment in the second half. I couldn't agree with you more, obviously.
3: Of course. Todd, uh, we got about a minute before we uh, we head the break, and we'll keep you for one more because you have some college basketball thoughts that we want to get to as well. Uh, just uh, prop market-wise, are, are you going to be diving in at all, or is that one of those as well? Because some of these books will offer in-game props adjusted throughout the game as well. Is that something you look at in this game as well, or no?
1: You know, I I don't know that much about props. You know, some people that I know help me out and give me some props that are good. Uh, Obviously, you're going to see the, you know, the teams that, have I mean, the, the big-name guys like a Cooper Cup will fly up on props because everyone's going to want to bet them over. And then maybe at post, you'll see the, the professionals come in and take the under. But as far as an in-game perspective, you can also get an edge in props if you can feel the, the vibe of the game, especially like running backs. If a team gets too far behind, they're not going to run the ball at all. So, you know, the, now, of course, they're going to adjust that down. But if you can get out in front of that, you know, you have a real advantage if you can, you know, see, oh, look, this team's down two touchdowns. The running back's not going to run the ball.
3: A hundred percent. Also, I would say also to look for, look for those fringe wide receivers. If they happen to keep, be posting the live numbers, one big play to Van Jefferson probably bopped that under once after that. Todd wishnev's is going to stick around for one more segment. We're going to look at some in, more in-game perspective. That's coming up next here on a numbers game on V Sydney sports betting network.
0: Listen to
4: On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever
5: you get your podcasts.
1: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: With the big game right around the corner, it's now time to download the Bet MGM Sports app. It's Nevada's premier sports betting application bet mgm has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much more download the bet mgm app today and stop by any mgm casino on the strip with your state issued id to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in nevada whatever your sport whatever your betting style you're going to love bet MGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander today. Todd Wishnev, who, of course, you hear on the Megapod every week, every Thursday with Gil and Mike Palm and the revolving guest, uh, Mark Meltzer, the scheduled guest for the Vegas Lifestyles pod tomorrow. On the megapod Todd, graciously enough to join us from the Cork Attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Todd, uh, before we shift to college hoops, I do want to ask you one one other thing. Cause Tom Brady, of course, retired from football yesterday. Are there any betting things on betting on Tom Brady, betting against Tom Brady that you're going to remember as one of your famous Wishnev-esque stories there?
1: Hmm, that's interesting. I I, I remember the uh, the Super Bowl against the Rams when they were filming us for the action t- television show. And I had the uh, Patriots second half. That was a a, a, a tremendous win when uh, Brady hit Gronk down to the three. Uh, I mean, there's been so many. I can't even I, I'm sure I could just go through my log and <laughs> think about all the, the crazy uh, Patriots game. I remember one game, especially that that I didn't bet on that. I believe we were both watching at the uh, at the at the. At the uh, South Point one day when uh, when the uh, Dolphins hit that that in miracle play at the end of the game where the guy ran for like 76 yards for a touchdown against Belichick. You remember that one? That was on I, defense.
3: I, that that was the the Miami miracle. Uh, yes, Kenyon Drake. I was actually I had not moved to town yet. I was at the Cosmo. I thought I was
1: with you on that. No, one. Okay. Uh, you were. You and oh. I were
3: together on the Fitzpatrick yeah. touchdown to Kasek. That changed the course. Of football history, actually, because Kansas City got the bye in 2019 because of that result in New England. And the chiefs ended up. Oh, winning that the was Super a Bowl. Big, that was a that was big, big one, the one as well. Year,
1: yes. Yes. Yep. But, uh,
3: yeah. But yeah, my the Miami miracle. Yeah. I was at the cosmopolitan for now one. I, I remember that. I
1: mean I, I remember one from early in Tom Brady's the AFC championship game against the Steelers. The Steelers had uh, Cordell Stewart a quarterback. The line <laughs> went from seven and a half to 10 pregame and I what I knew obviously the Steelers very well. I was like there's no way we're, we're covering 10 points against this team. It's just not going to happen. And of course the Steelers lost outright on the blocked field goals by Troy. Uh, Brown in the AFC championship game. That was uh I won really big that day, and everyone was mad at me because like, you bet against the Steelers. What are you so crazy? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine everyone at Western PA with you on that one, Toddy. i for yes, sure. They weren't uh, happy. So so Todd, we're uh we're we're getting into full swing of college hoops. And you and I talked last night a little bit, uh just talking about what we were gonna bring up on the show. And you and I actually kind of landed on the same point here where Again, you're mostly an in-game better. I uh, done a little more pre-flop than usual on college hoops this year because I, I, you and I have both found in-game college hoops to not be as easy of a market to beat as it's been in the past. It, it has really been a sharper market this year.
1: It has been definitely. The, the, the books have been getting... Um... Much better at adjusting. I, I will tell you something that's been very different this year, and, and and you know I don't have any statistical analysis to back this up, but if you watch hundreds of games like I do, you you know I can tell you for sure the end of the game fouling has changed radically. It used to be when a team was down six with say 55 seconds left, that was an automatic foul, and now they're playing it out. They're figuring, oh, let's play defense. Maybe we can get a hit at a three. This this you know four to six points before you would always foul in the last minute. They're just not fouling. So it has a huge effect. And of course, there are some teams that still will over foul and stuff like that. But in general, there has been much less fouling in the last minute of college basketball games. And it it really makes a difference on those totals uh, you know, when you're going in game and, you know, in the la- let's say you're betting in the last, say, five minutes of the game and they're putting up, you know, in the past, they might have put up a 21 or a 22, which is about four and a half points a minute. And now they're putting up a 25 and you're not getting and that's five points a minute. You're not getting those fouls at the end. It's just not as uh, those easy overs that you used to get are just not there anymore. You have to really be a little more sophisticated to figure out angles. And it, it has been tougher this year. There's no doubt.
3: No, I, I, and I agree with you, too, and that's there's one other thing. Like, in the past, there would be in-game numbers of a game that looked like it was, oh, we're going to be in the foul game. You would be a little bit less, a little bit more hesitant to take, uh, let's say we're going to take the dog getting six points, take the dog getting five and a half points. You Absolutely. could be more willing to do that this year. And look, there have been multiple occasions. There was one uh, earlier in the year that, that really stood out to me. It was a bet that one of a uh, i I forget, it was one of the three-man leave guys gave out as a rider uh, in a conference game. I believe it was against Fairfield, getting six and a half points, Todd, and with twenty-nine seconds left, down six, they didn't foul. So that's a really interesting point. And, and look, the one thing that I will say for people that only hop in once the conference tournaments and the the, uh, NCAA tournament starts, this strategy probably isn't going to hold for that. This is really something to keep in mind for the next month while regular season basketball is going. I think that's something we have to definitely stress there, Todd.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you you always have to be watching and things constantly evolve. Um, You know, I I have noticed, you know, there's always there are always uh, these little angles, you know, like, for instance, um, you know, teams. Let's say you get a game that's pretty evenly lined. Like last night, Kent State, I believe they were given two to Miami of Ohio. They're up 50 to 24 at the half. So you can take Miami of Ohio and get a zillion points because they're down, obviously, 26 points. They're at home they're not going to give up. And, of course, they didn't. They came back and lost by 13. It was an easy, easy cover. And there's there's games like that Tennessee Tech I had uh, two nights ago. was a very similar situation. Now, I'm not saying you should do this when a team is a huge underdog. But when a team is pretty much even with the other team or somewhat in the neighborhood of the other team and they're down huge at home, very often they will not quit, and they will And it's hard for that other team to win by you know twenty points, and they're given you know nineteen and a half. They're given twenty one and a half points. It's very difficult for them to keep the intensity up when they're up so much on the road. The other team will have a tendency to not quit.
3: No, I hundred percent there, Todd. Just uh, looking at the teams as a whole. You look. You're watching as many games as anyone. What is your what if you're rank if you're power ranking these teams moving forward? What is what is your top five right now, Todd?
1: You know, obviously, you know, you always have to start with Gonzaga. I'm, Ken Palm has Kentucky number two. I don't see that I don't uh, you know there's just some parts of Kentucky that I just don't I know they had the huge win the other day I just am not a full believer in Kentucky uh, Baylor has showed some chinks in the armor lately Arizona I think is, a, is could be fraudulent their number four with King Ken P- Palm I, I don't like them as much as I like Houston at number five I love Houston I've always loved Houston I love the coach I love the defensive intensity I love the offensive rebounding you know Houston always gives you a tremendous effort I um, You know, Villanova at number seven, I feel like they might have uh, a problem. Obviously, they're well coached. Obviously, they know their system. I don't know. I'm very impressed with Purdue. The only problem is on the defensive end, they're really not elite. They're 82nd on the defensive end, which is kind of interesting. They're number one on offense in Ken Palm and number 82. on. It's very rare to see an, a number eight team in the country on Ken Palm be 82nd. So they could have some problems. And, of course, UCLA, I just love the coach. I love their, I love their uh, intensity every game. I, I just love UCLA as a uh, tournament-type team, uh, you know, come the uh, – come the tournament as far as like you know teams maybe a little bit further down that might be a uh, sleeper michigan state is starting to come around you know big big road win yesterday um, you know you can never count that coach out sparty is never out of it and uh, if he gets it all turned in the right direction look out for michigan state and of course yukon i love danny hurley i love him uh, a 19 on Ken Palm. I could totally Now they lost last night to Creighton, but this is a team that I love betting, especially when they're down in games. They didn't make it all the way back last night against Creighton, but very often the other night against DePaul, they were down nine. You didn't have to worry. They came flying back. They play defense. Uh, you know, I bet Creighton team total under when uh Connecticut so I ended up winning even though Creighton you know didn't lose the game but Connecticut's another team that I really love I, I know that's more than five teams but <laughs> I just wanted to give you a little uh you know uh color on some of these teams
3: yeah look UConn's interesting because I think they're very talented I'm with you I I think Danny Hurley's an excellent coach but uh they they uh for whatever reason they they uh They've lost a few games. They lost that Creighton. They lost to Creighton last night at home as a 10-point yeah, favorite. Yeah. Can't lose that, that game. Was, that was uh, surprising. And, and uh, again, even though they beat Auburn, that that double overtime Auburn game, the way it got the double overtime sticks in my uh, my brain there for sure. And, of
1: course, Iowa overs. So don't forget Iowa overs. Except- Iowa is – Fantastic on offense. They play no defense whatsoever. 109th on defense in Ken Palm, Iowa. That you know, just bet them over.
3: Except when they play Rutgers. That's the only
1: time you don't want yeah. Iowa well, overs. He, look, even 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 over teams are gonna have their unders. Of course. It, you know.
3: He's Todd Wishnev. Toddy, thank you for being with us this morning. We'll talk again soon, as always. A pleasure. Todd Wishnev, of course, on the megapod. We're back with more on the numbers game next. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all your betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up and get our free big game betting guide. You see it on your screen if you're watching us at vsin.com. The digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props, and tips from all of our experts here at VSIN. So visit slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl for the big game betting guide. I'm Jeff Parlson for Gil Alexander. Happy to be with you this morning. Big thanks to Todd Wishnev as always. By the way, uh, for this is obviously the week between the championship weekend and the Super Bowl. Usually it's a pretty quiet news week in the National Football League. Of course, yesterday you get Tom Brady retiring officially, which... Uh, we uh we we uh, we did warn you last week that that was probably coming based off of the uh based off the comments that Brady said publicly and look it was it was time and for Tom Brady to go out on top of his game where he led the league in touchdown passes just come up shy of making an NFC title game well again the greatest of all time uh the incredible the incredible story of being a sixth round draft pick pick number 199 the list goes on and on and on of Brady's amazing accomplishments. Uh, of course, the Washington football team is no longer the Washington football team. They're the Washington Commanders, which, okay. You probably could have done better. The uniforms, uh, the burgundies are nice and the other two are not. It's just a pretty, a pretty lame name that uh, – the uh, Washington organization came up with, which in all honesty, they only had two years to come up with a new name. I like football team better than the commanders personally. Really do. Uh, The other thing, of course, we, we mentioned it. uh, We mentioned it earlier. Uh, I know, uh, I know Mitch and Paulie discussed this earlier on follow the money. Uh, Brian Flores, of course, uh, uh, last night, or excuse me, yesterday afternoon, the, uh, the lawsuit was filed, uh, in federal court in the uh, Southern New York district. Uh, uh, Flores uh, suing the NFL over uh, uh, alleging uh, racism in the hiring processes for head coaches, for coordinators, for uh, front office positions in the league. Of course, Flores uh, was in the mix for the Giants job, is still actually a candidate for the Saints and the Houston Houston Texans job um, after David Coley was mentioned uh in the lawsuit, I would imagine that the Texans probably w- won't be considering Flores anymore, but who knows? Uh, but really, the, the two things that I, that I took away uh, from this one, pretty amazing that Bill Belichick texts like he does, a lot of exclamation points and a lot of question marks, um, which really the, 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 I, the top of the lawsuit was Bill Belichick accidentally texting Brian Flores congratulating him on getting the Giants job which the text were meant for Brian Dable. You can go out. Uh, all of this is online. You can see it. But the most interesting thing from a, at least a potential betting perspective is the allegation that Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss in the 2019 season. And you see on your screen, this is from the uh, from the lawsuit, uh, that was filed yesterday and you very rarely see the word tank thrown around by anyone in sports other than, uh, than, than, uh, Sam Hinkie and the Philadelphia 76ers back in the day. Uh, and then earlier today, uh, an article on, uh, uh, on, uh, PFT on pro football talk, uh, that, uh, Hugh Jackson, who, by the way, I, I did not realize Hugh Jackson is now the head coach of Grambling. Actually, in the slack. Uh Hugh Jackson, of course, who famously went one in thirty-one in his two first two seasons in Cleveland. Uh, that Jimmy Haslam, who uh, is the owner of the uh, the Browns, uh, there there was the insinuation that Jimmy Haslam uh, <laughs> was offering Hugh Jackson a similar sort of deal to tank and get the first overall pick in back-to-back drafts, uh, which, of course, turned into Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns. Of course, the first overall pick in the 2019 draft turned into Joe Burrow. The Dolphins, who were, quote-unquote, tanking for Tua anyway, ended up with Tua Tagovailoa at number five. We know how that has played out for both franchises involved. The Bengals are playing in the Super Bowl in 10 days. Tua Tagovailoa and the Dolphins, again, overachievers, have missed the playoffs the last two years. But at least now, just to, to think of the idea, because we've always, we've always had this idea of, of teams tanking, and we know in the NBA that it was a real that, that before the lottery was we, reconstructed, it was absolutely a a thing that was just don't talk about it, just don't talk about it. Basically, what it was in NBA league circles. Now you're seeing the NFL, which is the ultimate win at all costs league. An owner, potentially, again, of course, these are accusations. We don't know if they're true or not. Offering $100,000 per loss to tank for a better draft pick. I don't know about you. That's the thing that stood out the most to me in this lawsuit. From a potential, hey, you, if you find evidence, this, this is something that in court you could pro- you could possibly win on. Again, we know, and we know the NFL has had a had a problem with their hiring processes through the years. Uh, we 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 we've known that. If you pay attention, you know there's only one coach of color right now, head coach of color. Which for a league that's 70 percent African American, that's ridiculous. We know that. But it's just fascinating to see a coach, see an see an owner potentially paying a coach, saying, "Hey, I'll give you hundred thousand dollars lo- per loss to make sure we tank." It's pretty wild to see that. By the way, I will say this, though. If you really wanted to tank, you know who the coach was in Miami before Brian Flores got hired? It's one Adam Gase. If you really wanted the first overall pick, Adam Gase probably would have been able to deliver that unintentionally there for you in Miami. Uh, Let's get to some Super Bowl props here uh, before we get to Kai McKeon, of course, of uh, three-man weave with us today. Of course, as you see, uh, I, just uh, breaking news if you've been under a rock for the last few days. The Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl at SoFi uh, the day before Valentine's Day. Of course, the first time that we've seen two four seeds play each other in the Super Bowl. The first time that we've had a big game without a one, two, or three seed. This is equaling the largest sum of seeds in the history of the game. The only one that equals this was Super Bowl 45, which was Green Bay. And Pittsburgh at Jerry Dome, 2010 NFL season. The six-seed Packers, of course, defeated the two-seeded Pittsburgh Steelers in that one. You see the Rams up to four and a half now, uh, right behind us at the South Point. The total's actually been hit down to 48 and a half. I will say this, and we have plenty of time until we get to the game on just the side here. It is going to be very difficult for me to have the discipline to not put a Bengal bet in my in my pocket or my account by the time that this goes. Cincinnati has defied logic in this playoff run. They were out. They've been out yards per play in all three games. Their offensive line in the Tennessee game, as we know, was horrible. The nine sacks. They were not particularly good. Burrow was running for his life the whole day against Kansas City. And yet here they are the tied for the longest odds to win the Super Bowl with the Jaguars and the jets coming into the year, a popular play for a lot of people that I, that I think are sharp was under six and a half wins for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. And here they are. Uh, If you're looking for derivative markets, uh, Bengals, three point dogs in the first half total 23 and a half down from that 48 and a half and four and a half for the full game. Rams, slight favorite in the first quarter, laying a half a point, plus 105. Money lines minus 160 on L.A. in the first quarter, uh, the total seven and a half. Uh, look, I am waiting for more props to come out. And later in the show, I'm going to discuss the players that I'm going to be looking to attack in the in the prop market, because there are guys who, especially with injuries, on both sides, at key offensive positions, really it was the same key offensive position for both teams, have injuries right now. It'll be fascinating to see where some props are dished on the tight ends. Sample, if Uzama can't go for Cincinnati, and Blanton, who we saw get more catches in the NFC title game than he did the entire regular season for the Rams, we're going to see what his numbers are dealt at. it be fascinating to see. Again, Again, the, the lead-up to this game and the amount of props now that are going to be out, as we know, the usually an insane amount here in Vegas, the newer jurisdictions, as many or even more. it be fascinating to see where those numbers are dished on those tight ends. But we'll, we'll break down why I like one of those angles later in the show. But next, Kai McKeon of Three Man Weave. Going to be with us next. We'll get his thoughts on what we saw last night in college hoops and some plays from Kai as well. That's next. Numbers game, Visa in the Sports Betting Network.
2: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
3: Need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIN1000 and your, free, your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll also get an instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and once again, enter the bonus code. you got to do this if you're a first-time user of BetMGM. Use the bonus code VSIN1000. That's VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk free up to $1,000. Rewards are issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days after issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler and a promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander, but now with us, one of the trio over a three man weave, Kai McKeon. Joining us right now. Kai, good morning. Thank you for being with us. I just want to dive right in because we saw something in the Lubbock last night that, quite frankly, oh, yeah. we just don't see anymore in college hoops. And that's just good old-fashioned, I don't like you. And that was what that crowd was all night to Chris Beard and his return to Lubbock. And it spurred on a really good Texas Tech team to a 77-64 win and a pretty routine cover when it was all said and done.
5: Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you could you could feel the atmosphere through the TV. And, you know, we were at the Final Four in 2019 when Texas Tech was there. And their fans were nuts in, in Minneapolis. So I can't imagine what they were like in Lubbock. They were camping out in tents like four days before for this ticket. I think the cheapest ticket on StubHub was somewhere in the 700 range. Uh, just a crazy atmosphere. I, I wish I could have been there. And, you know, when you when you look back in hindsight at your bets, Texas Tech was probably a good bet last night. I
3: thought going in, Kai, it was going to be. I ended up not betting this game. My thought, and part of the reason was just the way that the line the line moved, kind of scared me a little bit. It was just one of those where it's either Texas Tech is going to destroy them or Texas is going to win the <laughs> win the game outright. And right. lo and behold, Texas Tech was the right side all the way through. Uh, other things from last night that I want to ask you about: uh, Auburn. <laughs> Look, again, 100 points last night. They sweep Alabama. Bruce Pearl's dancing with a broom when the game (laughs) ends afterwards. Uh, Look, they're still – Gonzaga's still, I think, the rightful betting favorite in futures markets. But I think now there's this, this, this glob of teams that includes Auburn that's behind Gonzaga in the futures market. Auburn's done more than enough to separate themselves from that collection
5: of teams that's also with them at 10 to 1 yeah 100 percent and Bruce Pearl's a national treasure. I, I I love that guy so much. <laughs> um, this team is awesome. That game was awesome. You, you just look at him. there's no weaknesses. I love their guards. Green and Johnson are like cannonballs shot out of a cannon every single time they go down the floor. Walker Kessler blocks everything in a five mile radius. and then oh yeah, Jabari Smith, who could be the number one pick overall in the NBA draft this summer there There's no weakness. This team's amazing. I, I continue to just add incremental bets to the future of them winning the national title because I, I, I think they're, they're going to get it done this year. It's, it's incredible.
3: The, the, only, the only thing going against them this year, and this is an odd thing to say because we're back into new, we're back in the traditional format. Everyone's going to be traveling all over the place. They have the four regionals. They don't really have like a traditional good like spot for Auburn this year. Because uh, yeah. the way that it breaks down, yeah. like, Auburn's either probably going to go to Chicago or they're going to go to San Antonio, which the only thing that could possibly befell them. But look, I'm with you. I I, I took the I took a sixteen to one the day before they beat Kentucky, which almost backfired because if Ty Ty Washington <laughs> doesn't get hurt, Kentucky might have won that game. Uh, right. But I'm with you there. They're so good. And they're, hey, look, I, I know they gave up 81 last night, but when you have a fast-paced possession game like that, of course you're going to give up 81 points in, in a right. game that has that many possessions. Uh, I, I bring up Kentucky because they play tonight, uh, coming off that huge win at Kansas uh, over the weekend. And Kentucky right now, I, look, I, I thought they were really good to begin with. I thought they were underrated by, by the media in the poll. I had them, for the most part, as a top-five team all the way around. Uh, I think they're every bit that they proved that on Saturday, but Kai for tonight, this seems like a pretty good go against spot spread wise with taking Vanderbilt, getting to 15 and a half, just because of the spot that Kentucky is in off of that emotional beat down of Kansas at fog
5: Allen. Yeah, I actually agree. I, I lean towards Vanderbilt here. It's scary because I agree with you. They are a top five team. They look every bit awesome. But Vanderbilt's no slouch, and they just got Rodney Chapman back in their lineup. He's a very important piece for them. They play a lot better when he's in the lineup. 15 and a half points. You can see Kentucky kind of sleepwalking through this game. Okay, we're going to win. No big deal. Maybe not take it as hard as they might on an, another given night. So, yeah, I, I think the Andy plus 15 and a half is the side I would lean in this matchup want to ask you about the Big Big East matchup late night in Milwaukee. Uh, for
3: some reason, the 9 o'clock local time yeah. started. serve, not sure why. Villanova on the road at Marquette. A shock of smarts really done a tremendous job with this team that I thought was going to be pretty average in there, squarely in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Nova's uh, pretty much uh, across the board, four-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, Marquette's been really good at home this year, though, Kai.
5: They mm-hmm. yeah, have. They've been awesome. They've they've taken down you know bigger favorites like Illinois, for instance. I I attended that game. It was an, an awesome atmosphere there. Uh, the Villanova Ridge revenge factor scares me from taking Marquette tonight. Right, Marquette beat them at Villanova. Um, I think Villanova does the same tonight. They they are an excellent team. I, I know they get overlooked quite a bit. And Number twelve in the country, you know, I would say they're much better than that versus the AP poll. Um, so I, I'm I'm scared to bet Marquette, even though the number probably slightly leans that way at home. One
3: last one before we get into your official picks today, Kai uh, Purdue over the weekend seemed like it was going to be out or going to cover the big number at home against Ohio State and. E.J. Liddell goes off and then all of a sudden Ivy has to hit yep. a shot at the end of the game to, to bail him out on Sunday before the conference championship games. Uh they go on the road. They play Minnesota, who has been significantly better at the barn than elsewhere per usual for that gopher program. Yep. Uh ten and a half feels like a lot in this one. It does.
5: Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it does feel like a lot. And like you said, the barn's a tough place to play. Minnesota plays better. I was actually at Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh over the weekend. And Minnesota was never out of cover range the entire time at the coal center. They they have no business to be in games. Their their roster suggests they should be getting killed every single game, probably has been major transfers. But Ben Johnson, their coach, has done an excellent job. They really do play together. They play hard. They they scrap. So I think ten and a half um it, it's a lot at home.
3: Kai, let's uh, go through uh, what what you're looking at today. Let's start this is a game that, keep in mind, uh, Vegas rotation number 715-716. 7, 7, this game has been moved up because of an impending snowstorm in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, so, Mizzou hosting Florida. Right now, Florida's actually taking money overnight. Uh, now a consensus six-point favorite, the Gators are. Total uh, settling in at about 134.5 on Florida and Mizzou.
5: Yeah, I like the under here. Uh, Mizzou's my alma mater. I can't suggest you bet on them, uh, even though it would be a nice little sleepy spot for them probably here with Florida coming to town. But uh, I, I do think this one's going to play low possession. Um, neither team is playing very fast in conference play, especially in Mizzou. They've been slamming on the brakes. Um, they've had their issues with scoring throughout the year. So I'm not too worried about the efficiency there. And you shouldn't have uh, Castleton again for Florida. Very, very important factor here. He probably would have had 20 and 10 if he was in this game. Um and then no picket for Mizzou. I don't care either way. I don't think he's that good of a player. So, under 134, 134 um, and a half is my pick in this one.
3: Well, we also know how uh Columbia can't handle snow. So, no shock in that game <laughs> being moved forward. All right, we have a we have about 90 seconds here. Uh, yep. Let's get let's get these last two in. GW hosting LaSalle. Uh, Colonials uh one and a half point favorite or even a one point favorite right now against LaSalle.
5: Yeah, taking GW, not a fan of LaSalle. Um, GW's covered three in a row. That a peer number play for me, minus one.
3: Those are uh, two of the bottom teams in the A10 there in DC. GW uh, right now really more one and a half point consensus favored more than the one in that one. And then uh,
5: Wake Forest, Pitt. Uh, you like the total here. Yeah, I like the over here uh, pick got Athiel Horton back after some legal trouble. since so it's his third game back. Now they've been playing a lot faster with him in the lineup, uh, a lot better offensively and wake has gone over four games in a row. They have Monsanto in the lineup. Now another guy who infects their offense over in that game. So
3: we're going under in Mizzou and Florida. We're taking the colonials in GW and we're going with, uh, un- with the over There in Winston-Salem, 136 and a half right now, the number on Wake Forest and Pitt. Again, uh, Pitt struggling through another campaign. Wake Forest trying to get back to the tournament. Uh, Right on the bubble right now, the Demon Deacons are. He's Kai McKeon, of course, uh, three-man weave. Him, Matt, Jim do a great job as always. So go check out their content uh, at three-man weave. Kai, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us this morning. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. You got it, Kai. Uh, I will say, uh, I, I, Matt, uh, Matt Nevert, who's in my chair today, we're going to actually, I, I'm actually going to have uh, two college basketball picks today, which means uh, be ready to fade away, guys. <laughs> uh, with, with that, uh, coming back, though, Jason Weingarten, of course, the host of Wide World of Weingarten, with us next early Super Bowl thoughts and some more. with Jason, here on a numbers game.